Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Revolution Recap would also like to thank Six Point Builders for their support. Six Point Builders are builders of fine, custom homes in the Boston metropolitan area. Welcome everyone to another episode of Revolution Recap, the New England Revolution commanding 5-1 to one victory and they are moving on in League's Cup on the backs of a Giacomo Vrioni hat-trick, obviously his first hat-trick with the New England Revolution and I believe the first hat-trick uh, in League's Cup in 2023 by mere minutes. Uh, so joining me today, I'm Greg Johnstone, joining me today from the Blazing Musket is Sam Minton. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing Great, Greg. Also, first hat trick in international competition in Revs Club history. That was courtesy of Giacomo Vironi. So, uh, a hell of a night for him and uh, definitely a very fun match to watch. I didn't check this. I was going to. I believe it is the first hat trick since Kai Kamara, uh, which is a long, long time. Uh, so, it's very interesting that he gets the hat trick, especially since he had not been starting. He had been coming off of the bench, but Bobby Wood, not in a great form. Uh, Giacomo gets the start over him and uh, dividends uh, have been paid out to the New England Revolution. So a commanding 5-1 win. Before we get to the key takeaway, Sam, I got to tell you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more, including League's Cup, including Major League Soccer. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Sam, now you can tell me your key takeaway from this 5-1 win. And by the way, our key takeaways are brought to you by The Rebellion. Go to anyrebellion.org to learn more about them. And also, good luck to The Rebellion and the Minute Writers uh, on this weekend's supporters game. Uh, we will not be there. We got a question on whether or not we were going to be broadcasting the game like we did last year. Did not work out this year, but best of luck to both teams. Uh, Sam, what's your key takeaway? I mean, who else could we talk about? It, it was the Giacomo Veroni game. Uh, just the ability he showed uh, recording that hat-trick, again, you mentioned. I believe it's the first one since Kai Kamara. And it was really interesting. I asked Bruce Arena, obviously, about Vrioni's performance and also just how he combined with the DPs. And I think it is important to note that it was, you know, the first time, you know, some of the first minutes we've gone to see all three DPs together. I believe they've only played a combined about 225 minutes, maybe a little bit over that. I know Seth McCumber of the Blazing Musket, uh, had a graphic that he tweeted out. So it's really been, you know, not a gr- a lot of uh, time between those DPs. So to see them all combine together, they combined really well, especially that second goal. The dummy from Carlos Hill was absolutely insane. And also, too, Bruce Arena did mention, you know, that third goal is kind of something they've been working on. Uh, apparently, according to Bruce Arena, Vrioni didn't think that was technically his role as a striker. And, you know, kind of it was a real gritty goal, obviously, seeing him dive, uh, connect with that cross. It was just a beautiful, it was a real just complete effort from Giacomo Vrioni. And I think it's pretty much 
almost impossible to not give him a run of starts, to not have all three DPs starting together. Obviously, Bobby Wood has had a great season, was able to rack up goals at a pretty impressive pace. But I think at this point, it's time to see what Giacomo Vrioni is really capable of, see what all three DPs are really capable of playing together. And I think it's, you know, the Leeds Cup is a great opportunity to do so, and hopefully it'll carry on into Leeds play. And we can really see, you know, if Giacomo Vrioni is worthy of that DP slot, there was some questions. But every time Bruce Rina gives him a start, he seems to be fine in the back of the net. Yeah, and we've kind of talked a little bit about Bobby Wood, and coming into the season, Bobby Wood was not expected to be the starter. He's done very well. Seven goals and five assists so far in MLS play. That's over 1,300 minutes, so he's averaging about uh, .48 goals per 90 minutes, plus five assists. He's done very, very well for a backup player, but I think we all know, or at least we all think, maybe maybe, maybe I'm speaking for people that uh, don't believe this, but... I think the general consensus and my belief is that Bobby Wood is not going to keep up this hot streak forever. And so at some point, Bruce Arena is going to have to switch from Bobby Wood, who expectations were low for him. He was supposed to be filling a death roll, and you're supposed to go to your designated player who you spent $4 million on last year. And this is the moment, in my opinion, that you have to make this switch. I know he scored a brace earlier this year. I think he had a knock. He went back to the bench. He hasn't really had a run of games. Well, now he's got a hat trick uh, in League's Cup. You can say whatever you want about the opponent. I personally don't think that opponent was very good. I think St. Louis was not, um, you know, that, that's not going to be the, the most difficult opponent for the Revolution this season. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to overreact too much. Uh, but Brioni is making better runs. We saw all three designated players out there. They're all connecting well. They have a lot of cohesion. We talked a little bit at the Red Bulls game, even though Brioni didn't finish the chance. Um, he and Heel had a nice play that set up a really, really good chance near the death of that game, and they almost stole all three points away. And we talked a little bit about the Vrioni penalty kick a little bit more. That the, the penalty kick overshadowed it, but Vrioni seems to be on a better page with the New England Revolution. Um, and I, I think after this hat trick, I mean, I don't understand how Bruce Arena can go back to Bobby Wood. There's going to be a full week between this game and the knockout round game, so everyone's going to be fully rested. I cannot imagine he is not going to put out his best lineup like he's done in the first two games of this group stage. And I cannot envision uh, Rioni moving back to the bench. So, um, yeah, I, I think they have to keep playing. I, I think Bruce likes playing the hot hand and playing what works. And right now, Rioni is killing it um, w- with his three goals. And just to give you some stats, too, right now, Rioni, I think we associate him with uh, kind of some disappointing performances. He had a, a performance earlier this year where he had, a, I think it was 25 minutes without a touch. Um, but if you look at on the whole, um, I, I think earlier this year I said I wanted 1,000 minutes before I could judge Vrioni. We've passed 1,000 minutes. He's at 979 minutes in MLS play uh, between this season and last. He has six goals, so that's point, point, point 0.55 goals per 90 minutes. That's pretty good. Um, that that's really solid. If you tack in his three goals uh, across 170 minutes from U.S. Open Cup uh, and League's Cup, in total he's got nine goals over 1,149 minutes. That's .705 goals per 90 minutes. And as a comparison, Taylor Twelman in his Revolution career scored .6 goals per 90 minutes. So um, the stats support, you know, in this 1,149-minute uh, sample, um, Vrioni has his goal production is there and uh, I think we need to see a little bit more of a sample size obviously this data point is coming off of a hat trick um, but it, it's time to make the switch and it's time to see if Vrioni is for real 
Yeah, exactly. And I think the only way you can really get a true measure of what Veroni is capable of is to have him get a run of starts. Obviously, we've seen him come off the bench. We've seen him get a start here and there. But I think it really is time to see him get a run of starts and hopefully continue to rack up the goals. And obviously, when it comes to Bobby Wood, I think he, he's been great. But I don't, I, I'm almost hesitant to you know, kind of make this comparison. But especially last season, we saw Omar Gonzalez get thrust into the starting lineup and struggle and I you know compared to Bobby Wood Bobby Wood has played great but I think both of those players their best roles are coming off the bench especially Bobby Wood coming in as kind of that super sub role he's a physical player he's going to wear down opponents especially if they're already tired um so I definitely think Bobby Wood's preferred role is coming off the bench I think based off his performance earlier in the season he was kind of you know elevated possibly on the death chart but which is how Vrioni's playing you have to get him out on the field. Obviously, three designated players. You have to have those guys on the starting eleven. So hopefully, we have to see that in League's Cup, and hopefully, the same can be said once the MLS season uh, kicks up again. I like that comparison. Bobby Wood is like Omar Gonzalez, but he's actually good. I like that comparison there, Sam. Uh, we do. I think that's a great comparison. We do have some questions here that I think we can just kind of knock out of the way. Ryan says, will this performance finally get Brioni more minutes, maybe even starts? Uh, Wes says, given Brioni's performance, do you think he has a higher chance of being in the starting lineup over Wood? Uh, Derek Turrell says, does this hat trick secure a sparting, starting lineup spot for Brioni? Uh, will we see Bobby Wood transition to a bench role like we thought he would uh, when he got here? Uh, I think we've all kind of covered that at this stage. Uh, but I would just li- like to add, if it's not now, I don't know when. Uh, if it's if it, this isn't the moment... That this is this is Brioni's moment where he's being elevated. Um, he's taking the reins. Uh, he's made improvements. He's made strides. And you know, we talked. I, I've been saying, you know, I think he's an average to above average striker. But I think now you you can see some confidence, and you can see him knowing where to be, knowing the right spots to be in, uh, and linking up with with Carlos Hill a lot better. Whereas before, he seemed really confused on where to be, what to do. Um, and so I think he's really kind of fitting into this role a little bit better. And Bruce Arena said something to the effect of that um, after the game too. So it's also worth noting he had a hat trick. Also, uh, the own goal, um, I mean, he was right there for a tap-in too. So we almost had a four-goal performance from from Vrioni the other day. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's like you mentioned, if it's not going to be now, I mean, the man scored a hat trick. When else are you going to get him in the starting 11? And obviously, you know, there are some questions about the competition they went went against, but I think at the end of the day, yeah, you can only you know play your the team that's right in front of you, and obviously it would have been great for him uh, to you know get these free goals, and it might be against quote unquote weaker competition, but that's a team that was in front of him, and he still put in the work to get those goals, and I think especially that third goal was really impressive. So if it's not now, like you said, Greg, I don't know when when it will be that we'll see Giacomo Veroni get a run of starts. We did get a comment from James. Will the Revs recap commentators that dislike Vrioni say sorry and put a little respect on his name? Uh, and is Vrioni a better starter than he is uh, a sub? I, I do think he's a better star- uh, 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 a better starter uh, than he is a sub. Uh, and I, I also say, too, I, I think the direct, you know, we, we talked about Bobby Wood kind of struggling with the uh, direct play on Saturday. I think Vrioni did a really good job of holding up the ball and, and working the ball in transition. Again, might be a weaker opponent, but let's see him against some better opponents. You know, let's see him against, uh, you know, get a, a run of games and see if he can do this consistently. Because we've seen a brace against Kansas City. Uh, we saw a hat trick in Leagues Cup. You know, he's had some really, really great performances. Um, we won't know if he's, you know the guy until we, we see him against top tougher competition. And as this tournament progresses, 
in theory, we're going to see tougher competition. So I think it's time to see him. In terms of an apology, do we have to say sorry, Sam? I mean, I don't know if I was necessarily the most negative. I got I got uh, called out in the Blazing Musket comments for for almost you know hyping up uh, Giacomo Vironi. So I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. But I mean, I would say overall there was a lot of overreactions, a lot of wondering is it time to get rid of Giacomo Vironi? So I will say for the overall sentiment, I will apologize. I wasn't familiar with Giacomo Vironi's game. And he proved this all wrong, and it's it's been great. You know, especially when you comment on a player playing poorly, you want to see them pro- prove you wrong because that means they're playing well, and, you know, the Revolution are winning games. But, yeah, so if I have to apologize, I, I will apologize to Giacomo Vironi. You've been balling out lately. Congrats to you. I will say I, I think I've I kind of classified him as an uh, average to above average MLS striker, uh, and I, I wasn't sure – uh, what he was elite at or what he's great at, but he showed some really great finishing qualities yesterday. Uh, and, and I'm more impressed as time goes on. Uh, and I, I think there is going to be some room for growth here. So I, I think we'll get there with him. Uh, and I think uh, yesterday was a, a very, very big step. I also want to point out, I also want to point out that uh, the other podcast uh, that comes out later on in the week, uh, New England Soccer Weekly, I made a bet with their host, Tom Quinlan, uh, and I, I bet him that if uh, Vrioni scored, he had to eat a hot dog, and Vrioni scored three times. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, Tom gulping down three hot dogs, I guess, on next week's show. Um, so uh, I, I believed in Vrioni. You know, I, I, I did. I did. I just don't think I was as adamant as some people uh, online. So, yeah. Um, Sam, I want to talk about Carlos Hill a little bit. This is going to be a short one. Actually, I want to talk about the other designated players. Gustavo Bo, Carlos Hill. Phenomenal games again. I think it's going to be overshadowed by Vrioni. But Gustavo Bo seemed five years younger. He was flying up and down the field. Uh, Carlos Hill, I believe he had two assists. Beautiful dummy on that second goal from Giacomo Vrioni. I don't think we need to elaborate too, too much how great they were. But uh, it was very, very refreshing to see all three designated players kind of hitting on all cylinders, working together. Uh, it, it was very, very refreshing that this is the team it seems like we should have been seeing all year. And I'm very excited when Jacolet comes in. Uh, what this team has so I think for the first time this season we saw what this team's potential was uh, and it reminded me a lot of 2021 uh, when the Revs had the most productive uh, trio of designated players in the league so uh, I think my key takeaway is that the Revs might have something here and obviously this needs to go up against better competition Uh, but it was nice especially after Saturday's game where they couldn't seem to do anything offensively uh, that everything kind of came easy to them and we got to see their full potential. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of alluded to it, the fact that they were just able to play so well together. I mean, we've seen games where Carlos Hill has taken over. You know, it happens, you know, quite frequently. And, you know, there's been some games where Gustavo Bo has played quite well. But just to see all three of them playing so well together, it's really promising. And especially as you get down the stretch of the MLS season, the Revs are already close to uh, the top of the Eastern Conference, Cincinnati is at the top and has been playing quite well, so it will be a challenge to top them. Uh, but once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. And if the Reds are hot entering the playoffs, they're definitely someone who could, could who could contend uh, for an MLS Cup. It's been very interesting to see kind of the worst of the Revs and the best of the Revs in the span of a week. Uh, but we, we've seen the best of them, and it's, it's certainly very exciting. So hopefully they continue this form later through the tournament uh, in the next round against uh, whoever their opponent is. That is still to be determined, and it's going to be held. By the way, next round, 
Mark your calendars. We don't know. We're recording this on Thursday, July 27th. Uh, but the next game will be sometime between August 2nd and August 4th. We don't know the opponent. We don't know if it's a home game. So a lot to be determined between now and then. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be fun to see a knockout round game potentially uh, at Gillette. Um, and, and I imagine that they will be second in the group. I, I can't imagine Red Bulls will lose uh, this weekend against San Luis. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Sam. Oh, I was just going to add, I believe if I read the bracket correctly, which is asking a lot, um, they will, if they do come, it will either be Atlas or NYCFC, I believe that they face. Will be interesting. I, I would rather face Atlas, I think, uh, just because of a Ooh. different opponent. Um, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, there's one more player I want to talk about. We did get some questions about him. Uh, I'll let Emily take away. Rather than ask about Brioni, since everyone probably else will, I want to ask about Mark Anthony K. What did you think about his performance in this one? And what do you think it'll mean for his role going forward? Uh, and then we also had a comment here from Seamus. He says, K for blessing looks like a great trade. And, uh, but I couldn't quite sort out my impression of K's performance tonight. Thoughts? And is he starting in front of Polster when re we return to regular season play? So what did you think about Mark Anthony K? And what do you think the depth chart looks, at, looks like right now for the base of that diamond? Yeah, I would definitely say I've been impressed with Mark Anthony K. I would say he might offer a better passing ability compared to someone like Matt Polster. But overall, he still brings that grit to his game. You know, he's able to go to ground, make, make tackles, play quite solid defensively. Uh, but definitely his passing stands out. I think he's a great addition to that sixth role. And it's going to be interesting if I have to say right now, just because of familiarity and, you know, just the amount of time that he's been with the Revolution – I would give the edge to Matt Polster, but I, I don't think his name's written in a permanent marker. I think it's definitely possibly in pencil, and there could be a time where we see Mark Anthony K kind of take over for Matt Polster and have Matt Polster come off the bench. Obviously, Polster missed out on the last game, came off the bench in this game, so possibly kind of finding some fitness, uh, but I believe he told Frank Delapa after the game, no issues, he's feeling you know quite well. So it will be interesting to see how that goes. But just being able to have someone like Kay along with Polster, it, it's great. Obviously, selection problems are tough for someone like Bruce Arena, even though he probably handles it fine. Uh, but it's a blessing to have because you're able to, you know, really, you know, that's, if there's a player who's struggling to perform, you don't have to worry about, you know, trying to force them into the starting 11. You can have someone like Mark Anthony Kay step in. And even if you want, you could have both of those guys kind of operating in six roles depending on the formation. So overall, I've been quite impressed with Mark Anthony K. I think he offers, you know, a, a lot to, you know, that revolu the revolution attack in terms of his passing ability. And also is still someone who can uh, defend and ensure that they're not letting up easy goals. So definitely impressed. I don't know if he's passed Matt Polster, but there definitely is a chance by the end of the season we see him getting a run of starts and Matt Polster coming off the bench. Yeah, and I, I don't want to reiterate too much of what I said last week, but I think Kay was brought in to be a starter. Uh, I, I think Matt Pol the idea was that Matt Polster is a bit of a reduced role, maybe a 30-minute-a-night role. Uh, certainly he's still capable of, of playing and uh, you know having a, a solid role on this team, but I think Kay is supposed to be there as a starter. I think last night's performance was very solid, 92% passing, um, seemed to get up in the attack a little bit at points. Um, just a really, really solid game from him being the enforcer in that field. Some At, at one point, I don't have my notes in front of me, so I don't have the timestamp, uh, but at one point he had a really, really great diagonal ball, uh, I believe, over to Brandon By that started an attack. So, uh, yeah, just a, a really solid game from Mark Anthony Kay, and I think he's going to be the preferred first-team uh, defensive midfielder going forward, but 
who knows? We, we might see him in Polster play a little bit. Uh, we might see a string of poor games from Kay. Uh, but right now, I, I think he is the starter. So uh, before we get to the other listener questions, I want to take a minute and talk to you about our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits' mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. They have United States men's national team merch. They have Revolution merch. They have merch from your favorite European club that you can support from afar. So go to check out GalassoKits.com today for their full selection and make sure you follow them at Galasso Kits on Twitter and Galasso Kits on Instagram for updates on their new inventory every single week. And when you find something you like, please use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at ColossoKits.com for 15% off your order. Links and codes are in the show notes. Before we get on to listener questions, too, I should note Matt Polster. The mystery of Matt Polster kind of solved. Um, I, I believe it was posted on social media uh, from his wife's Instagram that mentioned that he had a stomach bug last week. So we were very curious to, to know why he wasn't in the, uh, on the bench for the Red Bulls game. And we were trying to figure it out, and I, I didn't know what that meant, what that meant for Matt Polster's future with the team. It was nothing. It was it was just a stomach bug. I don't know why that wasn't said in the press conference afterwards. It seems like an absolutely nothing thing, but it is what it is. We move on. So Matt Polster, perfectly fine. Good to see him back out there. Good to see him still in the revs kit, uh, and, and good to have him still on the team. So crisis averted. So Sam, let's get to some other questions here. Um, Eric says, Buck and Jones looked a lot more comfortable today than they did in New York, but the change in Bulma is even more notable, I feel. He seemed way in over his head in the U.S. Open Cup, but his past two appearances have been solid. Has he found his new home in the middle of the field? And he's talking about Joshua Bulma coming off the bench. A nice cameo for Joshua Bulma. Uh, What did you think about his performance? Yeah, I definitely think Bulma has has done well, and I think the fact that Bruce Arena has kind of given him a run of minutes is definitely something to take notice of. I don't believe they were in the most high-pressure uh, situations, but he definitely, you know, provided some energy off the bench. You know, definitely someone who's able to press opponents, kind of wear them down. And obviously, he is still a draft pick, so I think there's a lot of development to go there. Um, but he's showing some promising signs. You definitely hope that he's able to kind of further his form, uh, you know, whether it be with Revs 2 or continuing to get minutes. Uh, but overall, I would say I'm impressed, but there's definitely some room to grow for him. But the fact that Bruce Arena is trusting him is uh, definitely pleasing to see, and hopefully it will help his development. Yeah, I will say I'm really glad he's playing central midfield instead of right back. I've expressed that a number of times. If you've listened to this podcast for a long period of time, you know I do not think Joshua Bulma is a wing back by any measure. So it's good to see him kind of working in central midfield. Uh, and getting those minutes there. Uh, only 18 minutes played, but he was 15 for 16 on passes, so 94%, 21 touches, 0 for 1 on dribbles, uh, but did have a recovery. Uh, 1 for 5 on ground duels, not great, not great. Uh, but overall, he seemed pretty uh, comfortable moving the ball around and being involved in the midfield. I, I will also say one more thing about Bolmo that I found interesting. Originally, when he comes on in the 72nd minute, my thought was, okay, well, they're going to play you know, the kids, they're going to play the guys that could use some minutes. They're not going to play their, I'll say, competitive subs. Just, I just want to read off to you the people that came into this game last night. Bobby Wood, who is typically a starter. Matt Polster, who is typically a starter. Ima Botang, either a starter or one of the first guys off the bench. Nacho Heel, available for the first time yesterday. Um, and and you, you got about 30 minutes. I imagine that was planned. And then Joshua Bulma. So Joshua Bulma wasn't coming in just to eat minutes. Um, it, it seemed like he was 
coming in with other subs who have big roles on this team. So I think for Josh Bulma, this was a good chance to kind of play with the first team uh, and see if he could keep up and do well. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious if he impressed Bruce. Um, and I wonder, too, Jack P not available for this game. I don't believe I don't see him on the um, roster here. Uh, Esmir did not get into this game at all. Uh, those are two guys that I think we thought coming into this season were academy guys that were going to make, make the next step. And Josh Bulma is getting these minutes over those two. Uh, and those two aren't getting in over, as I say, Nacho Heel or all of them. So I thought that was pretty interesting that of the young kids that got into this game, Josh Bulma, who was once, you know, seem, seemed to be off in revs to purgatory, uh, he's kind of popped up and he's getting the minutes over them. Yeah, and I definitely think, you know, you mentioned Esmir Baratarovic. That's definitely someone who I thought would, would, would have seen minutes. Obviously, I would say Nacho Heel and him kind of play similar roles, and you're going to want to continue to build Nacho Heel's fitness. But I do think the fact that we've seen him kind of on multiple occasions get the call from Bruce Arena shows that either Bruce sees something in him or he just has that trust in him that, you know, he can put him into these situations. Obviously, I don't know if they're exactly the most high pressure and, you know, he's able to get the job done. He's able to, you know, kind of create turnovers and also maybe help out on the attack. But definitely, you know, pleasant sight to see the super draft pick continue to get some minutes recently. Silverfoot says, when you don't play the visiting team's national anthem, you rob them of their powers. Uh, he also says, Harks and Carlos Hill tripped into the, each other a couple of times. Hope they work it out. I did catch on to that. I don't know if you saw that. There were two or three times it looked like Harks was going for the ball and Carlos kind of took it off of his feet. Um, so I, I guess with the... Uh, Cohesive problems in the midfield, still kind of working it out, still still learning to play with each other. Uh, Silverfoot also says Nacho looking really rusty, that the team wasn't playing for much at that point. Uh, we saw our first look at Nacho Hill in what seems like forever. Sam, what was your thoughts on Nacho Hill? Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think, uh, like Silverfoot said, probably a little rusty. It, it's been quite some time since he's been on the field. You know, Bruce Reno said similar things when I asked him about Nacho. But just the fact that he was on the field getting minutes is a pleasant sight. Um, obviously, we saw him kind of get that collision at midfield with, like, I don't know if the knees collided, but it was definitely a heavy tackle. He was down for some time, but was able to come back and continue playing, which I think is definitely a good thing to see. So it will be interesting to see just how he's implement, implemented this season. In 2022, he came in late, and it seemed like it was almost like a trial period. And now it's been quite some time, pretty much halfway through the season, and we're getting our first look at him. So especially adding someone like him who can come off the bench, uh, you know, looking for that playoff push will definitely be welcome. Uh, but overall, uh, it was just really good to see him out in the field. Obviously, he's taken up a roster spot, I believe an international one too. Uh, so you want to see him get out on their field, hopefully be, get out on the field and hopefully continue to build up minutes and really show what he's capable of, uh, obviously – uh, having Carlos on the team probably makes it a, a lot easier to keep him on the team. But if he's not going to perform, you have to really question his spot on the roster. But definitely really good to see him, you know, just out in the field. And hopefully he can kind of grow into his role, make a little bit of a bigger impact as he continues to get healthier. It's also worth pointing out, I, I think last year he was playing more of an out-and-out -out winger role in the 4-2-3-1. Here he was playing in the diamond. It seemed like at times he was on the left side of the diamond instead of the right. So maybe it's also a new position that's adding to the rustiness. But either way, good to see him get back out there. I think they could use him uh, for the uh, end run of the season, especially with uh, Bruce only using two subs uh, Saturday. It seems like there are spots on the bench uh, as uh, late-game subs that are up for grabs. So... 
by the way, we we got a comment about the lack of a Mexican national anthem. James Downing wants to talk about some other music. Uh, what was that music coming through the bo- the broadcast, uh, that random music? Sam, do you know the story behind that? I do know the story behind it. I was actually about to mention it. So, yeah, it was very confusing. Um, I was in the press box wondering if I was in the Twilight Zone. Uh, but apparently I, I spoke to someone from uh, the Revolution's communication staff, and they told me that basically in Liga MX – uh, that it, it's done to kind of like negate the home field advantage. So pretty much every time the keeper has the ball, you know, every time there's a goal kick, uh, they play the music, uh, you know, whether it be the Liga MX's anthem or just, you know, music in general. Obviously, it's the Leeds Cup uh, anthem this time. Uh, but apparently that's the reason. It's kind of to negate the home field advantage, kind of make it an even playing field. Uh, but I was really concerned. I thought someone possibly just – had the Leeds Cup anthem on repeat, or I was possibly losing my mind. Uh, so it's definitely it took some getting used to, but yeah, there is an actual tangible explanation for why that was happening. Uh, we did get a comment here on Threads. We're still on Threads, Ooh. so if you're on Threads, follow on us threads. on Threads. We need friends over on Threads. Uh, but we did get a comment here. Uh, I was saying we needed Brioni up top with Bo. Bruce should put me on the payroll. Uh, but honestly, much better synergy and passing with him up there. I think that's what Bruce needs to stick with. Uh, so some agreement there. Uh, I will also point out that I think someone commented, but as, as a private profile, so I cannot read the reply. Uh, we got one more comment here, though, from Big Nation. Any news on the St. Louis? Sorry, not St. Louis. Oh, I almost said St. Louis. St. Louis' goalkeeper's injury uh, happened while I wasn't looking, but non-contact, question mark. Bo also gave us a scare in the first half as well. Bo kind of just tripped over his feet uh, and seemed to be perfectly fine. Uh, but, yeah, it was non-contact. I mean, no one was even close to him. Uh, so something happened with him, and he went down in some big pain. Um, I, I don't. I have not seen an update on the injury as of Thursday night. I did a quick Google search uh, before we came on. Still nothing, uh, but it cannot be good. Uh, I cannot imagine he will be playing uh, in Harrison, New Jersey this week. Sam, did you hear anything on on that goalkeeper's injury? Yeah, I did not hear anything, you know, any updates, but it it was definitely ugly, you know, definitely seeing the stretcher come out. You know, same same with Bo. It almost seemed like he might have tripped over the turf. Uh, but definitely those non-contact injuries are very scary. You know, when Bo went down, I was quite concerned. Um, and then out of nowhere, that goalkeeper uh, went down. And it, was, it was kind of, you know, behind the play. And just all of a sudden you see, you know, him down on the ground. Eventually the stretcher comes out. So hopefully, you know, he is doing better. But it doesn't look good. And it definitely recently at Gillette, there's been, I want to say a string of injuries. But there's that Miami game. I believe there is, uh, I don't think there were, uh, taxi uh, I believe it was Taxi Fountas who ended up kind of, you know, getting, whether it be caught up in the turf or just having a non-contact injury, there was that as well too. So it's it's definitely popping up. So hopefully, you know, it doesn't cause a revolution player to suffer a dramatic injury. I know there was lots of speculation about the whole Dylan Barrero situation, uh, but definitely, you know, terrible to see the goalkeeper get stretched off. So hopefully he's doing well. Yeah, nothing seemed to go right uh, for the visitors yesterday. That was pretty rough. Um, Jake P, how much money does Petrovic save? How much money does each Petrovic save add to his transfer value? And do saves against offside players still count towards that number? I'll hang up and listen. I gotta say, I, I feel like Petrovic's best saves. Uh, I guess the delayed offside is kind of a blessing because we get to see some of his best saves, and then they get taken away. So you know, as opposed to if the flag goes up right away, uh, we are still not graced with the beauty that is Georgia Petrovic's uh, brilliant goalkeeping. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
Another phenomenal game. Uh, the toe save yesterday was also incredible from Georgia Petrovic. Uh, no clean sheet, uh, but I think that goal that they conceded, I think a lot of people were upset with the set-piece defending. Truth be told, I thought that was a beautiful setup. I, I think there are some goals you just got to tip your hat to the opponent. Uh, so I, I can't blame the defense or Petrovic uh, on that one too, too much. Uh, but yeah, another phenomenal game by Petro uh, in this one, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy the fact that Petro will make these absolutely spectacular saves and you're almost numb to it because he just does it every single week. So definitely another great game from him. Like you mentioned, that first goal, uh, the only goal for Atletico that DCMOVs, nothing he can really do about it. Absolutely amazing uh, shot and kind of whole, you know, set piece play from them. Uh, obviously, set pieces have been something that kind of been an issue for the revolution, but that was just an absolutely uh, amazing uh, play and shot from them. So kudos to them. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, the Revs appear to still have not had a formal offer for George Petrovic, but it, it seems like it would be very unlikely that once 2024 comes around that he's going to be on this revolution roster. It seems like he's bound to go to Europe. It's just a matter of, you know, if not, or when, not if. Like he, He's definitely going to go to Europe. It just depends. Is it going to be at the end of the season? Is it going to somehow kind of fall in this uh, summer transfer window? It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but especially in the winter transfer window comes up, there definitely are going to be some you know, teams in Europe sniffing around and possibly, hopefully, you know, for Petrovic's sake, because uh, you want to go play in Europe. It, it's definitely a goal of his. Uh, you want to start getting those offers, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the winter. Uh, Hans says, any word on when John Calais will be landing in Boston? I believe the last update was last week from Bruce, uh, and he said that he would be in Boston this week. I have not heard any updates on that, and I don't know if Bruce has any more availability. This is Thursday night. He probably is off tomorrow. Is that correct, Sam? I believe there's no media availability for the rest of the week, so we probably won't hear from him. So he will either we will either see social media post him, him coming to Boston over the weekend, um, or Bruce will have to give an update on it next week. Uh, either way, I, I cannot imagine he will be playing in the next round, um, I imagine he's going to take a week or two to get acclimated with his teammates. Uh, maybe we'll see him in a backup or a bench role. Um, but yeah, so uh, expecting him this week. Still waiting. Still waiting. Uh, Steve McGrugan, not McGrogan. I learned I've been mispronouncing Ooh. his name this whole time. I know. Um, although, Sam, I, I, I was telling Steve, I think we got just got to call him Steve McLovin uh, in honor of Superbad, one of the greatest movies. I think you're a little too young for that, Sam. Oh, don't act like I don't know what super bad is. Come on, man. As long as you appreciate the classics. Well, yes. anyway, either way, Steve McLovin says that game was amazingly satisfying. All the things we've been asking for besides falling asleep on a set piece. Does a win like this make it easier for the team to focus in future games? Um, and I'll also tack on a couple more comments here along that those lines. Emily says, uh, what do you make of this team's insanely streaky nature going from a lifeless performance at Red Bulls to this? Is this something the team can overcome in the playoffs? And then Traeger says, the Revs were dominant today. How do we get this type of performance out of them constantly? Besides an inferior opponent at home, one, do you think this team, this, this win is going to make it easier for the team going forward? And two, are you still concerned about the team's inconsistency? Uh, and, and are you worried that this might just be a blip on the radar? Yeah, I think there's obviously, I guess, some skepticism when it comes to their opponent, like we've mentioned. 
Uh, I would add that five one wins are going to be pretty unlikely, so I wouldn't go out there expecting it. But I do think a win like this can add some confidence. I do think the Revolution have been playing well. But it was just a complete 90-minute effort, and I think that's what you need to see from the Revolution moving forward. You know, especially in MLS, there's the MLS season. We've seen the Revolution, you know, either have a great start or kind of, you know, have a great second half, you know, middle of the game and kind of, you know, go to sleep towards the last 10 or 15 minutes. And I think, you know, last night we saw them really have a complete effort, and that's what you just need to see night in and night out. So, I think there's a fair reason to be uh, skeptical about the result, but I think if they're able to compete for a full match like they did, um, they're going to be able to look more dominant. And I don't think they're going to be winning games 5-1, but you definitely see, you know, a 3-0, a 2-0. But soccer is usually won by about about one goal. But if you're able to put in a complete performance uh, like they did against Atletico de San Luis, I think we could start seeing more dominant performances and just building off of that, creating that momentum, definitely a real thing there. So if you're able to build off this result, get a string of quality performances, we could really see the revolution start to look a lot more dominant for complete games instead of just having these brief periods of brilliance and then kind of taking their foot off the gas pedal. I also am curious if, you know, one thing that I think, going back to the beginning of this episode, and, and remember, if we, we went back to our bold prediction and our season previews and our offseason, and I think we felt a lot of this team's success depended on Vrioni and his development. And Vrioni is a lot further now than he was at the beginning of the season. So if this is the Vrioni we're getting down the stretch, if we're getting Vrioni scoring you know, a goal or two goals every three games, which is what his current pace is, it's pretty insane to say that, um, they're going to be a very, very difficult team to deal with. Uh, the defense, I feel like, has been really solid with Romney, and I think there is a path here where this team gets Kessler back for the home stretch. Um, their defense is pretty solid all the way around, and if Rioni puts it together, this is a really good, complete team that not only has a very strong starting 11, but you have some depth at multiple positions. You have Bobby Wood at striker and you have Matt Polster at defensive midfield. Uh, if K is starting where you have K at defensive midfield behind Polster, um, you have Ian Harks behind Noel Buck. Uh, you have uh, Ima Botang uh, on the wing. You have Nacho Hill uh, potentially on the wing. So uh, outside of outside wing back, you have some depth here that, you know, e- even if there's an injury or even if you need to make late sub, um, th- this team is pretty complete all of a sudden. Whereas a few you know weeks ago, Brioni was a question mark, and is Bobby Wood going to hold it together? And there was a lot more question marks, but I think we've, we've kind of seen the full. So I think now that we've seen this 5-1 game um, and we've seen what this team can become, I think it's just a matter of consistency and getting these guys minutes and getting them playing together and putting it all together. Um, there's also a path where Kessler doesn't return this season and Brioni kind of shrinks back and, you know, things happen. Uh, but in in terms of how do we get this type of performance out of them consistently? I think we get a run of games for Vrioni, and I think we, we get these guys playing together and we get all three designated players on the same page uh, and pray to God they stay healthy. I think that's what's going to be the key to the consistency, um, and I, I think that's going to be if, – if we can 
hit it at the right time, um, they're going to be a very, very challenging team come playoffs because they've had all their flaws and they're still second in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and so if, if we get this team, that's a real step up from what we've seen in the first half of the season. Uh, go ahead, Sam. Oh, no, I was just going to add, yeah, definitely completely agree. And I think just the fact that New England is able to do this kind of in spite of a player like Giacomo Vrioni struggling at the beginning of the season, they're still, you know, second in the Eastern Conference. I think it, it's really a testament to what they're able to do. Uh, so as long as those guys are buzzing, I think you could start seeing them put in a lot more dominant performances. Uh, TSB 11 says Bo had his best game in a long time tonight. How much did San Luis's lack of MLS level athleticism play into that? I think it did have a, a little bit to do with it. Uh, Bo, as I say, was flying around, obviously had that great goal, uh, that, that put the team up two to one. Um, I think certainly the, uh, opponent at home, this was a game that I think the Revs really needed to kind of get right and get fixed. Uh, and I think Bo certainly benefited from that. Uh, so I, I'm curious, but, uh, as I said, him, Heel, Brioni, uh, they all seem to play very, very well off each other. So uh, I don't want to take too much away from a 5-1 game, but at the same time, there's signs of progress there. It's really exciting. Uh, Sam, anything to add there? No, but yeah, I think, again, it just comes down to, you know, you can only play the opponents in front of you. And I think the more kind of important takeaway is just the fact that all three of those DPs were playing so well together, and especially Bo and Brioni. I thought they played absolutely great off one another. I know, you know, the first goal was just kind of a little tap uh, to Vrioni, but definitely, you know, great awareness there from Bo. But with how well they played, they're continuing to build chemistry. I think, you know, as we mentioned, you just have to play uh, Bo and Vrioni together. And with Carlos Hill kind of making the magic in the midfield, it seems like a lot of good things could happen. Uh, Heater123 says, what are our chances in the round of 32? This is being recorded Thursday night, so a lot still needs to be determined. I'm really relying on you, Sam. Uh, you, you mentioned it's either Atlas or New York City FC, and I, be, I, I don't know if you've done the scenarios. Do you know if that's going to be a home game for the Revs, or is it looking like a home game? Do you know the scenarios here? Um, I don't know the exact scenarios. I know we, we were talking about it in the Blazing Musket chat. So the Revs, if obviously they're in second, they would be playing the winner. I would guess that the winner gets home field advantage, but maybe MLS or the Leeds Cup really wants all these games played on United States soils. Uh, if New York was to win the group, obviously it would just be in New York, but it would be really interesting to see if Atlas would host if they did top uh, their group. Well, uh, so. I Sorry, I, I believe that all these games are going to be held in the United States. So, so if it's Atlas, it's going to be at Gillette. Yeah, so then it, it would definitely be really big for the Revs to have home field advantage. So I, I would probably say that I, I'm pretty confident that the Revs could, you know, make it out of the round of 32. And I would say that even if they go up against NYCFC, I would have confidence that they're able to beat them. I think Atlas might provide a bit more of a challenge, just kind of the unfamiliarity. And I believe they are kind of, you know, one of the better teams in Liga MX, but I very well could be wrong. Uh, but just the fact that they are a different club, kind of play a different style compared to the typical MLS uh, style of play, I think they would provide a challenge. But just the fact that it could be at Gillette Stadium would really make it a lot easier for the Revolution, that home field advantage. So I, I would say there's a fair chance that we see the Revs kind of go a little bit deep into this tournament and, you know, once you're on a run, really anything can happen. So I definitely think they can get out with around the 32. And they're going to have a full week, too. Uh, whereas I, I believe New York City FC 
is playing Saturday. I'd have to double check that. Um, but either way, this team has a full week of rest. If they have a home game, I really like their chances in the next round. Um, although I, I think New York City FC, I think I believe they also they put up five against uh, Toronto. I believe I'm going off of memory. I do not have any notes in front of me, so I apologize if anything is wrong. Uh, but they seem to be uh, uh, hot right now as well. So either way, I, I think the Revs are. Maybe not one of the favorites in this tournament, but there's really no excuse why they can't put together a really competitive team here that that has a run, especially if they're getting home games at this point in the season. So um, I, I like our chances, uh, but if they have to go on the road, um, if they have to play kind of a tougher team, um, obviously I, I, I'm not as confident. But if anyone has to come through Foxborough, um, they haven't lost a game there all year. I like their chances. Um, yeah. And I just want to say shout out to Latif Blessing. My man is going through it. They indeed did lose five nothing. Uh, Toronto's dumpster fire currently. Uh, so prayers up for Latif Blessing because he's about to be uh, playing in some rough games uh, up in Toronto. You know, I don't like to give betting advice because I'm often wrong. And I wrote one article before the season on uh, some some people sure to did. invest in and not to invest in, and I told people. Uh, that I was uh, very bullish on Toronto FC at 40 to 1 odds uh, because, you know, Insigne, Bernadeschi, uh, you know, obviously they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, obviously they're going to reload in the summer. Uh, no, they're one of the worst teams in MLS uh, and everything is going south. Bob Bradley is gone. Uh, I would imagine Bernadeschi is, is going to be gone. Um, Insigne, I think, is just going to be collecting $15 million a year uh, and Toronto FC is going to scrape together their pennies to try to put a decent team around them going forward. Um, what an absolute disaster that experiment has been. So, uh, yeah, you hate to see it. You really hate to see it with Toronto FC. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to say I was right there with you. I really thought that Toronto FC was going to be good. I mean, but they somehow couldn't put it together. So shout out to uh, Bob Bradley for not being able to make Bernadeschi and Sinier and, you know, all the magic up their way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb says, are you scared that Caleb might catch you in the goal scorers draft now that Vrioni is on fire and your defenses are terrified? Uh, just to let you know, uh, we did do a goal scorer draft at the beginning of the year. If you haven't listened to that podcast, uh, we essentially drafted players in the revolution on who would score their most goals. Uh, we did agree it would just be the MLS regular season. Uh, but, mm. but I am dominating that so hard, I'm allowing League's Cup goals. So Caleb is now at 12 goals, Andy has 11. I'm still at 18. I'm still comfortably in the lead with Carlos Hill and Bobby Wood leading the way. Uh, but just as charity, because I'm such a great person, I am allowing League's Cup goals, and I think maybe U.S. Open Cup goals as well. I don't know. Uh, but just to make it interesting, because you know I, I want this to be a bit of a nail-biter, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get them back in this. Uh, and trying to make this exciting for the viewers, for the listeners. Uh, no one wants a blowout. Uh, no one wants a blowout, which it is, uh, which it is for me. So um, I'm not scared at all, Caleb. And uh, hopefully you catch up. Hopefully you catch up. You, you kind of shrink that six-goal gap. Uh, good luck. Uh, Porter says, uh, just a couple of comments we've, we've already touched on. Bulma looked uh, better tonight playing in the middle, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? We touched on Bulma. Uh, he also says, What's your, what will the excuse be uh, when Bruce benches Frioni? Um, <laughs> I, 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 there is a 0% chance that Frioni is benched after this. Um, uh, I, I don't know, Greg. This is Bruce Arena we're talking about. I think there's a 1% chance. I mean, Bobby Wood has played well. I, I think a lot of people argue Bobby Wood versus Vrioni, and I, I don't really want to get involved because I think they both played well. But I, if if Vrioni is benched, um, I mean, you I, 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 I get the pitchforks out because 
Because I don't understand what it would have to take for you to play your designated player who, I mean, you don't think a guy is worth four, $4 million one season. And then within a year say, you know, I know you just scored a hat trick, but we, we really got to go back to Bobby Wood. Like Bobby Wood is not an all world player that you need in the lineup every day. And again, I don't want to disparage him because he's played well, but I, I mean, you can't, you know, this isn't an issue of, you know, you know, a draft pick got lucky um, and, you know, and scored a, a brace and, and whatever, you know, this, this is a designated player that you've invested a lot of resources in and you've worked with and is showing a lot of progress. Um, I, I cannot imagine that Friani is benched, um, but if he does, I look forward to the excuse. I can't think of a single excuse that Bruce could use or uh, not that Bruce would tell us uh, what the logic is um, outside of Rioni took a knock at practice uh, and, we, and we didn't want to push him 90. Um, outside of that, I mean, I don't know. Uh, there, there's no way that you can bench Rioni in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you have to start him. If somehow he didn't, it would be absolutely shocking. But again, this is Bruce Arena. Uh, I mean, it I want to say I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Wood somehow started, but I did find it interesting that Bobby Wood came out for our uh, Rioni came out for Bobby Wood. I thought you would take the opportunity to kind of give Gustavo Bo a little bit more of a break compared to Rioni. Maybe I'm just reading into things way too much, um, but you, you almost have to. I mean, the guy scored a hat trick. Uh, what else does he have to do? So I fully expect that Rioni starts, uh, but any anything's possible, Greg. Anything's possible, Bruce Arena. As, as a logical person, Sam, is yes. there any logical argument to start Bobby Wood in the next game? I mean, there is absolutely no logical explanation to it, but I think we're dealing... I, I mean, it would be illogical to start him, so yeah, yeah, I'm just going to connect the two. But I mean, anything is possible. Anything is possible. We could hear that uh, Giacomo Vrioni just needs some maintenance. Like, it, it could be anything. Uh, he... Porter also says Carlos Hill crying uh, and getting yellow wall up five to one. I did notice that. And I'm glad he brought this up because that was a very bizarre. I, I don't know what Carlos is upset about at five to one, but he was and he got a yellow card. Um, what are the yellow card accumulation rules with League's Cup and do yellows carry into MLS? I don't think they carry into MLS. I don't know if you know specifically the rules for yellow card accumulation, Sam. Um, but this, I believe, is Carlos's first uh, and hopefully it is his last. Um, I can't imagine it takes a ton of yellows. Uh, to get a red, uh, but uh, I tried Googling this before the show and I did not find anything. Sam, do you know anything there? I mean, I'm purely spitballing here that it's two, but I very well could be wrong. Uh, I believe Carlos was taken down on a pretty heavy tackle that just wasn't called. So I get his frustration, but obviously getting the yellow is far from ideal. It's something that has been a part of his game. He's definitely one to let the you know, referees and, and officials know how he feels about a missed call per se. Uh, but, you know, it is good to see that passion when you're up, but I think you just kind of have to rein it in and not let it get to that boiling point. Uh, but yeah, if, it seems like he's kind of getting quite close to that accumulation number if I'm just going to have to guess. So it could be something that ends up biting the revolution uh, if he does pick up a few more cards. Well, I think, uh, well, it's his first one, right? He didn't get a, he didn't get a yellow in New York, did he? No, no, no. Yeah, it's just it's just his first one. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I, I yeah, I, I don't think they mix between MLS and League's Cup. Again, I tried Definitely googling not. the Definitely rules. Not. Yeah, I, I tried googling the rules and I did not see anything. So, um, but hopefully he's not going to test the waters there. Uh, but uh, it it might be three yellow cards. So, 
I don't know. It's something I don't want to think about. And it, it came back to bite the revs earlier this season when uh, Carlos got suspended uh, and, and it made you think about all the dumb yellow cards he took early in the year. And yep, it's not great. So hopefully we, we don't have a game where we miss Carlos Hill. So Sam, uh, that's going to wrap us up. Um, this is going to be one of my shorter podcasts. I know I like to ramble on beyond the hour mark, but I think we're going to we're going to kind of keep it short today because we're uh, this is a post work podcast. We are very tired. And although I would love to stay here and talk with you all night, Sam, uh, I think our listeners get it. The Revs kicked ass. Rioni scored a hat trick. He might be benched next game, which is really confusing, but probably not. Uh, and all is well in the world. And the Revs are a wagon, even though four days ago we were wondering what it would take for them to score a goal at New York Red Bulls. Uh, is there any final thoughts you want to uh, leave our listeners with, Sam? Any wisdom you want to impart with? I mean, I could just talk about Austin Trusty. I'm sorry, Greg. I, I'm just coming, you know, we're a week removed, I believe, from hanging out down in D.C. And I just want to say I miss you. Uh, you are a pleasure to hang out with. Love talking some Austin Trusty. Love getting some onion rings for the table that I didn't purchase and I thought they were mine. And I just want to be nice to you guys. I thought I got them for three and gave them to you. Uh, yeah, I really appreciated uh, getting wrecked by little children when I was trying to help them get autographs. That was that was a blast. Love seeing talent. Great mascot. Love to see it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Revolution are playing quite well. They seem to want to really make an impact in Leeds Cup. And Giacomo Vironi scoring goals. I, I don't know if life can get any better than that. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure our listeners appreciate you dropping every single inside joke we established over All-Star Game Week uh, with no context whatsoever. Uh, I'm I, sure they no really context, Sam Minton. That's what they call me. Just know that Austin Trusty is a legend, and he won the crossbar uh, competition for Arsenal uh, at the skills competition, if you missed it. So uh, we are we're a pro Matt Turner podcast. We are a pro Georgia Petrovic podcast. Are we a pro Vrioni podcast now, Sam? Maybe? I, I say we might be, and I also just want to give a quick shout-out to William Saliba. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think we're now a pro Austin Trusty podcast, too. Uh, so he's now uh, in the trust tree, if you will. Hey, I like uh, that. Uh, I just have one shout-out. Uh, we've had the guys from the amputee soccer team uh, on the show a couple of times before. I'm sure you guys have listened to this podcast. If you haven't, it's a good listen. Uh, go back into our feed. Uh, and listen to uh, that organization, all the great work that they do. Uh, but they announced this week that they are going to be going to Poland in September for a tournament. Uh, it is not a amputee World Cup year for them, uh, but it is a four-team tournament uh, where they are playing. I don't have the teams up. They're playing England, Costa Rica, and Japan. Uh, actually, it's going to be September 16th through 17th. I think it's at August, uh, but it's going to be in September, uh, and they are fundraising. So uh, if you are interested in uh, making a contribution, if you are able, uh, go to usampsoccer.org. Uh, and best of luck to them uh, in their tournament this September in Poland. And with that being said, Sam, where can people find you on social media? Uh, not really using Twitter much. Not 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 really, you know, vibing with that. Definitely you can find me on Threads. So check me out on Threads. I believe I'm SamBam229. Uh, definitely, you know, make sure to read all of our stuff over at the Blazing Musket, whether it be the Revolution, Vermont Green FC, Rhode Island FC. We got all your coverage there. Um, so definitely make sure to check us out. We get a YouTube channel. I just posted a re earlier today the post-game press conference from Bruce Arena. Definitely make sure to check that out. And Greg, what if I told you that I have the League's Cup yellow card guidelines? Oh, good. Oh, this is this is a great uh, end of episode. Uh, you know, every now and then we got to drop it. We got to drop an Easter egg at the end 
uh, just for the people that uh, listen through the credits. Yeah, so yellow cards are cumulative from the group stage up to the round of 16. The player who is sanctioned three times between the group stage and up to the round of 16 will be suspended for one match. If the player obtained his third yellow card in the round of 16 game, he would serve his sanction in the quarterfinal round. And basically, before the quarterfinal round, all yellow cards are reset. All right, so best behavior next week, Carlos. Best behavior. Um, mm-hmm. You can follow us at Revolution Recap on Twitter, on Instagram, on Threads, on Facebook, uh, whatever social media platform you are on. Go check us out there. Uh, also, be sure to follow our friends at The Rebellion on Twitter and go to nerebellion.org to learn more about them. And tickets are still on sale for the Supporters game, uh, the Supporters Cup game uh, this weekend. I believe it's $5. Go check out the game, uh, The Rebellion and The Midnight Riders. Go support those great organizations. Uh, and best of luck to both teams. Uh, go check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, uh, and use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off of your order. And of course, thank you very much to Bet Online, our presenting sponsor. Uh, the show is presented to you by Bet Online. Uh, go to Bet Online AG, and on your first deposit, if you use promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, you get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Make sure you are subscribed to iTunes or wherever you are listening. And if you could please rate and review us five stars, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. I believe we are at 63 reviews on Spotify right now, so we're still looking for about six. Uh, That would be much appreciated. Uh, And we will be back. I believe we have an interview coming up this weekend on the show. So there's a bonus interview for you while we wait for the next League's Cup game. Uh, And we'll be back with another post-game podcast following next week's round of 32 game against a mystery opponent. Who will it be? Uh, Until then, thank you everyone for listening and go Revs.